And if I say to you tomorrow Take my hand, child, come with me It's to a castle I will take you Well, what's to be, they say, will be me Sail away, leave the day way up high in the sky And won't let the wind won't blow We really shouldn't go Going up to show This is podcast number 281, entitled Downhill Racer. The um, reference is to a movie made in 1969 with that title. And the music we've just heard is What Is and What Should Never Be from Led Zeppelin II, an album that is so um, etched upon my own broken world, uh, my own early life, that I can never, ever not hear it as a kind of soundtrack to a period in my life, what is and what should never be. And we're going to uh, finish this um, podcast with a ramble on from the same immortal LP. This is one of two that are tied together, 281, Downhill Racer, and 282, entitled... What is 282 entitled? I haven't got the title for it yet, but I know what it's about. Um, The podcast this morning is dedicated to David V. That's V as in Victor. The podcast is dedicated to David V. And the theme is the attrition and the almost unimpedable negative um, regression and uh, deterioration that afflicts people the longer they go in human life and human existence as a body um, filling entity in this world throughout your life. It's not just about the attrition of old age, although it's uh, clearly... um, merit in that. It's about the attrition that begins much, much younger. What did we say uh, uh, in Harvey? Jimmy Stewart says, yes, I'm talking about the, the wound you get, the, the, the hurt, the big hurt that happens by virtue of simply being born. It's a, he says it in a lighthearted way, but it's a very uh, profound section of Harvey. The um, uh, images of this podcast, you might say, this part one of two, which reflects what I hope is a um, is a clear and definite picture of the Christian gospel in Nuce or in its profoundest or deepest or most anchored expression um, comes both from a reflection on our son John's sermon yesterday at St. Matthew's Episcopal Church in Bedford and also from the remarkable um, new work that has been formally um, what's the word, um, launched uh, yesterday uh, in Jupiter Island down um, in uh, 
that section of Florida on the Gulf Coast, which Tully and, and Stacy Tavidian have inaugurated. Unfortunately, I live uh, about five months of the year far away, but one of our first hopes if we can ever drag ourselves away from Stu Shelby on the one hand and Paula White on the other, would be to make a flying but heartfelt visit to support and also learn from and be fed by the ministry of Tully and Stacy. Let me say something about that. This uh, guy um, has been so brutally attacked and continues to be brutally attacked for um, sin. And uh, sin because you're not supposed to be human if you're a pastor. And the church has reflected, or the many uh, elements in the official church from both the so-called progressive church, which is very, very strong, and the... um, and the more evangelical church, this man has been attacked uh, from uh, soup to nuts <clears throat> because he's human and because he had a uh, an admitted sin in his ministry, which is not at all uncommon, which doesn't bless it, but it also means that if we cannot handle it, if we cannot love uh, and provide mercy and absolution to a sinner, we absolutely, absolutely are not Christians. And I would venture to say that 95% of the negative voices attacking Tully and Division and Stacy on account of a past sin, uh, do not reflect the authentic Christian gospel. And really are, you, I really want to say in a very strong way, get thee behind me, Satan. Because what Talia and Stacy are talking about with all the humanity that they have, and no one's perfect, and I'm sure not perfect, and Talia is Talia and Stacy is Stacy, and we all have our <clears throat> bagage that we bring to our um, to our lives. This is what I'm going to be talking about. We're all downhill racers. But um, the uh, tagline for their church, uh, called the Sanctuary, it's in Jupiter, um, and uh, you can look it up on the internet. The tagline, I, if, I, if this could be an advertisement for that church, it, it would be, but it's not. It's an advertisement for the message, which is so unimpeded there and so clear, and thank God not hooked to all the various ecclesiastical so-called adjudicatories, which would bring it down. By definition, they would bring it down. Um, this is uh, the tagline for the Sanctuary Church. It is a church where God's boundless love meets a broken world. Now, people give that lip service on the liberal side, quote, end of quote, and on the conservative side, and they never mean it. I mean, I know this to be true. When you actually are dealing with a real sin or someone gets into serious trouble, someone does something that is supposedly really bad, and it is really bad, you do something that is a sin against another person. You commit an act of extreme selfishness or um, uh, temptation, and you fall, and you devastate vows that you've made in very real sincerity over the years, and you devastate your witness. Um, If God is not in the business of giving absolution to notorious sinners. Well, I don't, I, I don't read the New Testament. I don't, I'm not reading the same book you are from Zacchaeus to um, the woman uh, at the well, to the woman taken in adultery, to St. Matthew, to St. Peter. Um, oh my golly, St. Thomas, let's just talk a little bit about it, will you? What about you? I mean, for heaven's sake. So Tully and Stacy are absolutely preaching in the very heart of the message. Uh, someone, the Archbishop of Canterbury, many years ago, uh, said of a, was talking to a very evangelical clergyman, 
very evangelical low church and successful clergyman in the early 20th century who was in Liverpool, Church of England, an evangelical, but Church of England, and the Archbishop of Canterbury said, well, so-and-so, um, how does it feel to be out on the very edge? What he meant was the Archbishop of Canterbury. Uh, how does it feel to be out on the very edge of the Church of England by your, um, what he would have regarded as almost extreme low churchmanship and Protestant revivalist uh, um, persona, which was in fact very common in the Church of England in those days and still is in some quarters. And um, he said, uh, when he was asked this rather acerbic and sardonic question by a rather acerbic and sardonic archbishop, he said, uh, pray your lordship, no, not on the margins, but in the very heart of the Christian faith. That is a devastating. I mean, when you think about that, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who's not a bad guy, but very worldly, said to him, how does it feel to be in the margins? And he said, no, your grace. He spoke up for himself. Not on the margins, in the very heart of the Christian faith. Well, that's Ritalian and Stacey are, and that's what I want to talk about. But I want to really briefly talk about it, about is what is and what should never be, to quote Robert Plant. You know, I saw Robert Plant. I walked right by him in the street. <clears throat> it's actually near the Harvard Club on West 44th Street. I was coming from that particular institution years ago. I think it was in the summer of 1970. Two, and I was walking along, and there was Robert Plant with two other people. He was obviously a little drunk, and the t- one of the women was very drunk, and one of the men, they were all, shall we say, not fully uh, in their right minds, but it was definitely Robert Plant, and he was kind of nice and benign, and I, I looked at him, and I said, oh my gosh, if I were only 40 years from now, I could uh, do a selfie, <laughs> you know, do an Elizabeth Warren, but I couldn't do it, uh, and I saw Robert Plant. <sighs> well, anyway, I walked by him. Now, um, the downhill racer refers to the fact that short of an intervention of divine love, which is almost always mediated through a human being, a graceful human being, the um, deleterious attrition of the human body and human heart, and the uh, extraordinarily, um, the inertia which converts itself into downward momentum, the older we get, we don't just stay the way we are, we, we get worse. That is a rule that I see everywhere, and I want to talk about it for just a minute, so you don't hide out. Of course, you're not. You wouldn't be listening to this if you were hiding out, but... <clears throat> You see somebody you know who's had a weight problem, let's say. Let's say, imagine someone who's had a legitimate weight problem, and we all do. Almost everybody has a weight problem of some kind for one reason or another. Almost everybody. And you, you, you see the weight problem, however. <clears throat> sometimes it's called morbid or obesity, and sometimes it's called anorexia. Recently, I've been with a, very, a woman of very advanced age who has extreme and obvious anorexia. And um, here she is of extreme age, and she, she looks like she's about to, to die. And yet she's up and around and this, that, and the other thing. And it's extreme. And you see morbid obesity, say, with somebody who has fought it and fought it and fought it. And in fact, it just doesn't get work. You can have all the bariatric surgery in the world, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And you're simply headed towards a disgusting um, morbidity, which is really bears with it all sorts of horrible, personal, uh, alienating uh, characteristic smells and fluids. And then um, you're just the... I asked the fellow, well, how's your heart? And, and, and uh, he said, well, um, 
then he gave me the answer, but the potential of a, of a, um, of a heart attack is so high. And you see the, the, um, it, 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 you know, Lord, I would, I would that I could do that, which I want, but somehow I find myself doing which I do not want. And the things that I do not want are the things I find myself doing. You see attrition, you see people who are bitter in their forties over a divorce, over a, maybe an infidelity of a now divorced husband. And that <clears throat> the, 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 the bitterness was never healed. And the bitterness stays like a, what do we call it in Dickens, undigested, a piece of undigested gruel or beef in the tummy. And it's, um, it only grows. The strange thing about it, it only grows. I've got a friend who, and I, who shared with me some, who was with me during a period of uh, real difficulty in adolescence, of real heartbreak and sorrow. And I said, well, do you remember that particular thing? And he always says, well, that was so long ago. And he, he misses, he misses the fact, it, 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 to the extent that it was long ago, it's bigger. You see, we think rationally, we're supposed to say, oh, that happened so far long ago, I barely remember it, didn't the, what is the French expression or the German expression that, that Hegel heard, you know, the events on Calvary happened so long ago that I'm not even sure they ever happened. Some peasant said it happened so long ago that maybe it didn't happen. Well, that's not true of that event, but it's certainly not true of the things that happened to you when you were young are the things that you most remember. At the end of Great Expectations, which is a wonderful movie, by the way, from 1949 with um, John Mills uh, and others, uh, uh, the uh, dying convict who's an old man, the last thing he, he wants to hear about is whatever happened to, his, to, his, uh, to the daughter he lost uh, th th 30 years before, the daughter he never saw and whom he lost for a variety of tragic reasons. And um, he's thinking about her, and he's given tremendous comfort. He's given tremendous comfort by the main character, Pip. Uh, and Pip says, uh, as the dying convict, who is a convicted murderer, a felon? And he, as he dies, uh, Pip prays a beautiful prayer uh, for mercy. God, may God have mercy on your soul. And he means it. May God have mercy on this basically good man who, uh, the great expression he says to, to Pip, the convict, Pip had helped him out in a childish, a child, a child's act of mercy and good faith when the child was only nine and uh, or ten, and the Pip had helped this convict, um, done what we would call really uh, had been complicit in a, the escape of a murderer, and um, he had done something very touching, and uh, but we would say bad, and Dickens doesn't see it that way because the uh, the man, uh, the dying convict, says, "Pip, you 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 helped me when I was under a." Class. Cloud. You were the only person who was with me when you were when I was under a cloud. I'm not talking just about it, me going through depression, or going through a bad time, or going through a job search. I'm talking about um, uh, imprisonment and um, uh, uh, manslaughter and uh, the darkest, deepest losses of an adolescent whose crime led to a fraction of an inch away from the hangman's noose and was was uh, transported, as I said, to New South Wales. I'm talking about the deepest, darkest cloud. Someone I have never met, but I read about a clergyman, an Episcopal clergyman, was arrested last week for having um, unlawful images on his computer downloaded, and it was a severe offense. Uh, uh, and um, in this day and age, it is the ultimate offense, the ultimate offense. And this fellow, uh, I, I'm sure he, he he did it because he said something that implied he had done it. Uh, there, I don't even want to go into the details, uh, which were not by any means exonerating, but did not involve active, personal actions on the front for which he was arrested, although he did have things in his computer that were highly illegal and terrible. But the man you see now, this fellow, he needs a pip. 
he needs someone who will love him in the midst of his extraordinary, total humiliation and culpability. And uh, um, uh, many people would would wish to commit suicide uh, at the point of, and it's been all over the papers, everywhere, everywhere. And does the church have any mercy? Are you kidding? Does anybody, they just want to get out of the legal implications, potentially. Maybe I knew and I hid it. Maybe I was, maybe I knew about abuse and I knew about it, and, but I was merciful to this guy. I didn't give him a job, but I was merciful. And I'm now culpable uh, in the very same sin that he was doing because I had mercy on him. Well, that's simply, uh, as a Christian, we have to reject that point of view. We have to be willing to, to challenge this uh, legality, which uh, completely misses the potential for the quality of mercy, which actually applies to the people in your life who really hear you know this is heavy because I don't do it I mean I'm a loser here this is dedicated to a man I love so much and uh, uh, I'm going to dedicate the next one to another man I love so much but hear, hear me um, you and I have people in our lives who have hurt us who have hurt our person who've been personally malignant towards us who've shown personal conspiratorial malice against us and those people are in a category entirely separate you, you can't forgive them now we know there are cases on record of victims forgiving in courtrooms, murderers, the person that murdered their wife or that murdered a child, the father out of Christian conviction, uh, pronounces forgiveness on the malefactor, and that's absolutely wonderful. But it's extremely rare because it's, uh, it's uh, when it comes to the actuality of forgiveness, it never happens. But let's not talk about you forgiving somebody else. Let's talk about you when you're forgiven because that's the main thing. If I talk to someone who's, who's uh, on a downhill slope towards uh, an alienating uh, and really terminal personal characteristic. I've seen it in my close family as well. Uh, an alienating personal characteristic that develops into a bitterness or a position that hardens in old age and becomes absolutely set in stone. And uh, you... you, you uh, uh, how do you... And how, how do you forgive someone close to you who says something horrible to you? How do you forgive something that happened to you many, many years ago that was an actual attack on yourself? There's a Jimmy Webb song that is unbelievable from the Reunion LP, which I recommend highly. It's brilliant, beautiful, melodic songs by Jimmy Webb as sung by Glenn Campbell on their album called Reunion from the late 60s. It's a brilliant album, but one of them is also extremely powerful and deeply introspective about love and romantic love. And uh, Jimmy Webb puts the words into Glenn Campbell's mouth talking to a girl. I never knew that you would wish to harm me. The, the singer is absolutely devastated by the fact that the woman he had loved, the girl he had loved so profoundly as far as he saw it, would actually at some point wish to harm him. Now, that is um, what we're talking about. We're all on a downhill slope. We're, this is downhill racing. And uh, uh, the um, great uh, power of uh, being accompanied in the downhill slope by someone who does forgive you, who someone uh, is willing to um, overlook and actually love, who sees you very clearly. You know, I, he, that man showed me everything that I had done. The, what is it? The five husbands and the man I'm living with now is not my husband, as it were. Not as it were. And yet he told me everything I had done, and he sat with me and talked to me. Come and hear him. That kind of love, Pip to Magwitch, Jesus to the woman at the well, um, a love that has been shown to you when you were under a cloud, when not just a, a bad time, but you were under a cloud, the, the uh, consequences of that are unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And that is the heart of the gospel for which I truly commend Tullian Chavigian and Stacy Chavigian in their church, the sanctuary. And I commend it in the people that I know it. I see it all over the place. I don't see it in the church or I see it very regularly. You're sort of running a losing race to quote Tyrone Davis when you look at it in the church because there's something about the institution is unable to act in the true spirit of Christ almost across the board. It almost is impossible. When you run into it, it's the greatest thing in the world, but it's extremely rare. But you do occasionally run into it. You've run into it. And that's why the downhill uh, racer uh, finally runs into a kind of um, um, stabilization when uh, he is, uh, someone suddenly appears and uh, love is offered at the worst moment of the downhill race. And the downhill race suddenly completely stops, and great and potential consequences follow. Thank you so very much. And now we are listening to Ramble On. Yeah. 